The coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades, and this country is not alone. All over the world, we're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. In 2020, a sudden epidemic swept the world. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction: you must stay at home. From Thursday until the start of December, you must stay at home. We must therefore go into a national lockdown, which is tough enough to contain this variant. That means the government is once again instructing you to stay at home. During the nearly 176 days of lockdown, we rely heavily on various social media to maintain our normal lives. Have you ever thought about how this new media will be like after the epidemic is over? I've witnessed many examples of overnight success. Have they become part of us, or? With the opening of the school, will eventually disappear from our lives. Will they fall quickly? On this episode of Border Skip, we're going to talk about people's experience from unfamiliar to skillful application of this media in lockdown time, and explore this platform's future. Side. In this episode, we are going to talk about will we continue to use those online technologies after the epidemic. You should not be meeting friends. If your friends ask you to meet, you should say no. You should not be meeting family members who do not live in your home. You should not be going shopping except for essentials like food and medicine. And you should do this as little as you can. And use food delivery services where you can. At the beginning, I'd like to do some simple math. There are three lockdowns in the Britain so far, which presents nearly 176 days of staying at home. I don't know about you, but as an international student, it was a long and boring time. I was trapped. In my 20 square meters dormitory, day after day, I couldn't find other ways to pass the time besides the internet. My eagerness to go out just doesn't seem to matter anymore. I'm addicted to social networks and online games, especially during holidays. I believe I'm not the only one who has just thoroughly discovered the charm of short videos during this period. In the past. I thought TikTok was boring, only sliding my fingers and make my brain passively accept worthless information. But these days, I often find myself browsing TikTok for several hours without knowing it. Funny story: I even finished watching two TV shows on TikTok. Every day, it's all the same. It feels like I've lost the whole year. When I look at the calendar. I'm surprised that 37% of 2021 has passed, not to mention 2020, which I has no sense of being at all. 
However, it was during this period that I was able to get in touch with many new network technologies and social media platforms. My attitude towards them changed from strange and novel to familiar, and accept them as part of my daily life. Now I'm used to do my courses on Zoom, clicking and click out my internship on the mobile app. I'm also a long-term membership on the takeout software, even though I enjoy cooking so much. I'm not a self-control person, to be honest. But fortunately, I'm good at introspection. Now that the situation of epidemic has slightly improved, I began to visit a library to prepare for my final exam. Although the impact of those network technologies on me is invisible, Zoom has become one of my most frequently used software. I'm more used to online shopping than pay by cash. In just a few months, I received countless express deliveries, many of which I don't even remember ordering. I began to wonder that even if epidemic disappeared, such habits would change my life completely. I'm Sia, and currently I'm a postgraduate student here in UK. My friend, who has the same experience as me, I invited her to talk about her feeling of what we've been through. Well, I have to say that I rely heavily on these online working platforms, but I surely miss working and studying face to face. Yeah, me too. I'm curious about your attitude towards the technologies we use during epidemic. Well, for example, online meeting platform like Zoom. I think it's a good way and only way to do our lectures, actually. But I don't think our mainstream teaching methods will be changed. With the opening of the school, Zoom will eventually disappear from our lives. But what if it updates? Like maybe in the future, its functions not limited to online meeting, but to provide a broader platform for discussion after class, so that people can participate in unlimited times and places. Yeah, you do have a point. The problem is we already have similar social platforms to share opinions, and the main function of Zoom is online meeting. I believe that some schools and companies will still use it for long distance meetings, which is. Its most original function. Oh, I see your point. For most people, online meeting can never replace traditional ways of working and learning. The existence of Zoom-like software is necessary. Although the number of its users will decrease after the end of the epidemic, as long as the security and operability are ensured, it is difficult to be abandoned in the information age. COVID makes it widely used, which is more like a test of the stability of the program. At least more people have an extra choice when an unexpected meeting coming up. 
Its pros and cons are both too obvious. Personally, when offline education restore, I will not use it again. That's why I won't use the word life-changing to describe it. But nearly a year of offline studying is truly a bittersweet experience to remember. There is a lot of free time during the lockdown. Traditional commerce and tourism suffered heavy blow. I believe social media definitely benefit a lot from it. Of course, after all, people can't go anywhere. There's nothing else to do except for watching videos or refreshing the front page of our social media accounts. I do use TikTok a lot. Well, TikTok has really changed a lot of people's lives. I've witnessed many examples of overnight success. Yeah, especially during the lockdown, all kinds of fancy challenges you could do when stuck at home. I was so bored that I even enjoyed watching others to do boring stuff. <laughs> short video is really a good way of entertainment, and shooting a short video is not that difficult at all. Which may be the reason why it became so popular among youngers' generation. It seems that all of a sudden, everyone around me is using TikTok, though it actually hasn't existed for that much of a long time. Yeah, the development of interest is so fast. It seems that I have just found out how interesting TikTok is. It's already an old thing, you know. The market became saturated in only two or three years. Yeah, I guess it's because TikTok appeared at the exactly right time and caught up with opportunities that everyone has free time. It's not surprising that TikTok developed so rapidly. After all, other entertainment platforms haven't got the same way to browse videos. Yeah, it's like watching Netflix in the same way as we use Twitter, is it? Exactly. Tell me about it. Pandemic has definitely helped it change from niche to mainstream. Short video platforms have developed rapidly in recent years. Based on forecast released in September 2020, the number of TikTok users in the UK is expected to reach almost 11 million individuals by 2021, which is more than twice as many users as there were in 2019. Due to the pandemic, kids and teens. Are spending more time at home and are eager to connect with friends, which has further propelled TikTok's popularities," said Rini Makapadia, e-marketer forecasting analyst at Inside Intelligence. Users are flocking to the platform because it's easy to use, and its short video format effectively captures and retains the interest of the audience. Particularly those in the 18 to 24 cohort, many social media influencers have leveraged this popularity to build larger audiences, further attracting users to the app. I think the epidemic has made TikTok to some extent, even though it is not a new thing. 
I'm looking forward to see where Shout goes. I checked my purchase history last year. During the lockdown time, I spent nearly a thousand pounds on takeout. It shocked me because I almost never used any takeout apps before. That's quite a lot, but it's understandable concerning the price of takeout now. Yes, maybe it doesn't feel like that much if we order once in a while, but I seldom go shopping during the lockdown time. I order takeout almost four times a week. Which makes the price very high. Later, I even ordered my daily necessities on the takeout software, which was really convenient and saving both my time and effort. There should be a lot of people who has the same feelings as you. Takeout software really played a big role during the pandemic, not only for users who can cook at the moment, but also to ensure the profits of many businesses as much as possible. After all, all the restaurants have been closed for a long time, and it's a heavy loss of their owners. Well, that's true. Takeaway software ensures the income of some small business, so that they will not lose too much during the epidemic. At the same time, those delivery guys also have incomes. Takeaway software does provide jobs for many people who are temporarily unemployed. Well, but as far as I know, the takeaway software itself is not profitable at all. Many of them seem to have been in a state of losing money, and the temporary prosperity due to the lockdown only makes them lose less. I don't know much about their marketing strategy, but now that the city is gradually open, people who used to do their own shopping and cooking will still insist on offline shopping, even if they order online takeout. Many restaurants have set up their own online platforms with more favorable prices. Indeed, exactly. Maybe after the pandemic disappears, takeout software needs to find more breakthroughs to win the favor of consumers. After all, for the students who are the easiest to understand and use network applications, the price of takeaway software is a little bit high, and delivery distance is often limited, which is not easy for apps dissemination. Takeaway software has become one of my indispensable applications during the epidemic. I have mixed feelings about them. They are really convenient, and they are the only guarantee that I can eat in quarantine time. However, their prices are generally expensive, and the price of the meal is often equivalent to my living expenses of a whole day. Moreover, their shipping time is not fast. Although this problem have been solved a lot during the epidemic, there is still no guarantee that they will maintain this status after the end of the epidemic. Takeaway software has a large room to progress. There are even reports say that takeaway softwares were the only successful business in the epidemic. But what about after COVID, when people's lives are back on track and shopping malls are all open? Takeaway software may return to its formal status. 
We use it occasionally to order takeout, but only under special circumstances. It will not disappear because it is the abandonment of further interaction between network functions and people's daily life. But it still has a long way to go. COVID interrupts our normal lives. It's a tough time, and so many people have helped us getting through these days. We have not been defeated. The power of science and technology is becoming more and more powerful nowadays. COVID promoted the launch of some apps that helps us during these days. Well, some apps are already exist, and they have developed unexpectedly. They may not change our lives, but they will eventually adapt to this era and exist for a certain time. I believe that they have interceptively integrated into many people's lives. We just have to give them time. I'm Wan Xinchen, and you've been listening to Social Media Platforms After Pandemic, a part of the podcast Borderscapes, produced with the support of the School of Media, Arts, and Humanities. And the office at Technology enhanced learning at the University of Sussex. Martin Spinelli and Lee Gooding were our executive producers. We had technical help from Matthew Taylor. Our theme music was composed by Mona Yusuf, and our graphic design was by Triple X dot Triple X. Additional episode music credits and info are available at Borderscape dot org dot. And for socials, we are at Borderscapes Pod. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a great day and wish you the best.